Chapters five to seven of Rasselas, Prince of Abyssinia. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Rasselas, Prince of Abyssinia, by Samuel Johnson. Chapter five. The Prince meditates his escape he now found that it would be very difficult to effect that which it was very easy to suppose effected when he looked round about him he saw himself confined by the bars of nature which had never yet been broken and by the gate through which none that had once passed it were ever able to return he was now impatient as an eagle in a grate he passed week after week in clambering the mountains to see if there was any aperture which the bushes might conceal but found all the summits inaccessible by their prominence the iron gate he despaired to open for it was not only secured with all the power of art but was always watched by successive sentinels, and was, by its position, exposed to the perpetual observation of all the inhabitants. He then examined the cavern through which the waters of the lake were discharged, and looking down at a time when the sun shone strongly upon its mouth, he discovered it to be full of broken rocks, which, though they permitted the stream to flow through many narrow passages, would stop any body of solid bulk. He returned discouraged and dejected, but having now known the blessing of hope, resolved never to despair. In these fruitless researches he spent ten months. The time, however, passed cheerfully away, in the morning he rose with new hope, in the evening applauded his own diligence, and in the night slept soundly after his fatigue. He met a thousand amusements which beguiled his labour and diversified his thoughts. He discerned the various instincts of animals and properties of plants and found the place replete with wonders, of which he proposed to solace himself with the contemplation, if he should never be able to accomplish his flight, rejoicing that his endeavours, though yet unsuccessful, had supplied him with a source of inexhaustible inquiry. But his original curiosity was not yet abated he resolved to obtain some knowledge of the ways of men. His wish still continued, but his hope grew less. He ceased to survey any longer the walls of his prison, and spared to search by new toils for interstices which he knew could not be found, yet determined to keep his design always in view and lay hold on any expedient that time should offer. CHAPTER Six: A DISSERTATION ON THE ART OF FLYING 
among the artists that had been allured into the happy valley to labour for the accommodation and pleasure of its inhabitants was a man eminent for his knowledge of the mechanic powers who had contrived many engines both of use and recreation by a wheel which the stream turned he forced the water into a tower whence it was distributed to all the apartments of the palace he erected a pavilion in the garden around which he kept the air always cool by artificial showers one of the groves appropriated to the ladies was ventilated by fans to which the rivulets that ran through it gave a constant motion and instruments of soft music were played at proper distances of which some played by the impulse of the wind and some by the power of the stream this artist was sometimes visited by rasselas who was pleased with every kind of knowledge imagining that the time would come when all his acquisitions should be of use to him in the open world he came one day to amuse himself in his usual manner and found the master busy in building a sailing chariot he saw that the design was practicable upon a level surface and with expressions of great esteem solicited its completion the workman was pleased to find himself so much regarded by the prince and resolved to gain yet higher honours sir said he you have seen but a small part of what the mechanic sciences can perform i have been long of opinion that instead of the tardy conveyance of ships and chariots man might use the swifter migration of wings that the fields of air are open to knowledge and that only ignorance and idleness need crawl upon the ground this hint rekindled the prince's desire of passing the mountains having seen what the mechanist had already performed he was willing to fancy that he could do more yet resolved to inquire further before he suffered hope to afflict him by disappointment i am afraid said he to the artist that your imagination prevails over your skill and that you now tell me rather what you wish than what you know every animal has his element assigned him the birds have the air and man and beasts the earth so replied the mechanist fishes have the water in which yet beasts can swim by nature and man by art he that can swim needs not despair to fly to swim is to fly in a grosser fluid and to fly is to swim in a subtler we are only to proportion our power of resistance to the different density of matter through which we are to pass you will be necessarily upborne by the air if you can renew any impulse upon it faster than the air can recede from the pressure but the exercise of swimming said the prince is very laborious 
the strongest limbs are soon wearied i am afraid the act of flying will be yet more violent and wings will be of no great use unless we can fly further than we can swim the labour of rising from the ground said the artist will be great as we see it in the heavier domestic fowls but as we mount higher the earth's attraction and the body's gravity will be gradually diminished till we shall arrive at a region where the man shall float in the air without any tendency to fall no care will then be necessary but to move forward which the gentlest impulse will effect you sir whose curiosity is so extensive will easily conceive with what pleasure a philosopher furnished with wings and hovering in the sky would see the earth and all its inhabitants rolling beneath him and presenting to him successively by its diurnal motion all the countries within the same parallel how must it amuse the pendant spectator to see the moving scene of land and ocean cities and deserts to survey with equal security the marts of trade and the fields of battle mountains infested by barbarians and fruitful regions gladdened by plenty and lulled by peace how easily shall we then trace the nile through all his passages pass over to distant regions and examine the face of nature from one extremity of the earth to the other all this said the prince is much to be desired but i am afraid that no man will be able to breathe in these regions of speculation and tranquillity i have been told that respiration is difficult upon lofty mountains yet from these precipices though so high as to produce great tenuity of air it is very easy to fall therefore i suspect that from any height where life can be supported there may be danger of too quick descent nothing replied the artist will ever be attempted if all possible objections must be first overcome if you will favour my project i will try the first flight at my own hazard i have considered the structure of all volant animals and find the folding continuity of the bat's wings most easily accommodated to the human form upon this model i shall begin my task to-morrow and in a year expect to tower into the air beyond the malice and pursuit of man but i will work only on this condition that the art shall not be divulged and that you shall not require me to make wings for any but ourselves why said rasselas should you envy others so great an advantage all skill ought to be exerted for universal good every man has owed much to others and ought to repay the kindness that he has received if all men were virtuous returned the artist i should with great alacrity teach them to fly 
but what would be the security of the good if the bad could at pleasure invade them from the sky against an army sailing through the clouds neither walls mountains nor seas could afford security a flight of northern savages might hover in the wind and light with irresistible violence upon the capital of a fruitful reason even this valley the retreat of princes the abode of happiness might be violated by the sudden descent of some of the naked nations that swarm on the coast of the southern sea the prince promised secrecy and waited for the performance not wholly hopeless of success he visited the work from time to time observed its progress and remarked many ingenious contrivances to facilitate motion and unite levity with strength the artist was every day more certain that he should leave vultures and eagles behind him and the contagion of his confidence seized upon the prince in a year the wings were finished and on a morning appointed the maker appeared furnished for flight on a little promontory he waved his pinions awhile to gather air then leaped from his stand and in an instant dropped into the lake his wings which were of no use in the air sustained him in the water and the prince drew him to land half dead with terror and vexation chapter seven the prince finds a man of learning the prince was not much afflicted by this disaster having suffered himself to hope for a happier event only because he had no other means of escape in view he still persisted in his design to leave the happy valley by the first opportunity his imagination was now at a stand he had no prospect of entering into the world and notwithstanding all his endeavours to support himself discontent by degrees preyed upon him and he began again to lose his thoughts in sadness when the rainy season which in these countries is periodical made it inconvenient to wander in the woods the rain continued longer and with more violence than had ever been known the clouds broke on the surrounding mountains and the torrents streamed into the plain on every side till the cavern was too narrow to discharge the water the lake overflowed its banks and all the level of the valley was covered with the inundation the eminence on which the palace was built and some other spots of rising ground were all that the eye could now discover the herds and flocks left the pasture and both the wild beasts and the tame retreated to the mountains this inundation confined all the princes to domestic amusements 
and the attention of rasselas was particularly seized by a poem which imlac rehearsed upon the various conditions of humanity he commanded the poet to attend him in his apartment and recite his verses a second time then entering into familiar talk he thought himself happy in having found a man who knew the world so well and could so skilfully paint the scenes of life he asked a thousand questions about things to which though common to all other mortals his confinement from childhood had kept him a stranger the poet pitied his ignorance and loved his curiosity and entertained him from day to day with novelty and instruction so that the prince regretted the necessity of sleep and longed till the morning should renew his pleasure as they were sitting together the prince commanded imlac to relate his history and to tell by what accident he was forced or by what motive induced to close his life in the happy valley as he was going to begin his narrative rasselas was called to a concert and obliged to restrain his curiosity till the evening end of chapter 7 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey